0: It's so nice to be um, with you here tonight. Um, If you haven't met me, my name's Fiona. I've got the joy of being the worship pastor here and working with awesome people like uh, Levi, Stephen, John, Luca, and Joe. Um, But I'm just going to pray again because I just... (laughs) I'm a little bit nervous, so bear with me. I'm just going to pray again. Um, Lord, I thank you so much that we um, live in a place where we can safely gather for church. And we thank you so much that we've got access to your word. And I pray right now that you just come and speak to all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I don't know what comes to your mind if you hear something like my relationship with Jesus or... It's not about religion, it's about relationship. That might be language that you're super comfortable with. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and it feels at home. It feels like something that you could talk about um, with a friend. It's something that you could easily articulate what that might mean, relationship with God. Or it might be something that maybe you're not so comfortable with. Maybe you've heard it floating around in church, but it feels a little bit like an, not really a defined Thing and people don't really say what what they mean by it. They just say, "Oh, I've got a relationship with Jesus." Um, this passage is all about relationship with Jesus, making our home in Jesus, Him making His home in us, and it's beautifully framed by Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. First, um, he talks about, a couple of chapters back, about the Holy Spirit. It talks about the Holy Spirit as the helper. And then after this, he talks about the work of the Holy Spirit. And in between is this where we are right now. And people think that this is a conversation that happened in like an upper room where Jesus sat with his disciples, so quite intimate. And this is at a time when Jesus already kept talking about he was going to go, he was going to... Leave, And then he speaks about this beautiful relationship, about a deep connection that the disciples can still have even when he departs. Um, I'm going to go through it verse by verse. So if you're someone who really likes to read along and it helps you um, stay with it, then um, feel free to read along with me. But Verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. This is imagery that the disciples were very comfortable with. One, because there were a lot of vineyards in ancient Israel. And two, because it's an imagery that draws itself throughout um, their scriptures. I'm really glad that Sean is here tonight. He did an alpha with us. And he taught me so much about all the things that I don't know, actually, because I'm not from a Jewish background. Um, So I have read up a little bit um, in the commentary. And The vine meant God's holy people and it's an imagery that is mentioned in Psalm 80 Isaiah 5 and 27 Jeremiah 2 and Ezekiel so the vine is God's holy people God's chosen people and the vine dresser is God and immediately when Jesus talks about this he establishes his relationship with the father he says your God is my father and I am the true vine. The true vine was also commonly a recognized symbol for the Messiah. So immediately with Jesus' first sentence, he has already established that he is connected to the Father. He is the son of the God that these people knew, that his disciples knew of, and that he is the true vine. Verse 2 Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. This can be something that, I don't know, maybe it's just me, you know, sometimes gets a bit stressed. Oh, my days, if I don't bear enough fruit, the Lord's gonna cut me off and he's gonna take me away. If I don't try hard enough as a Christian, if I don't do all the right things, if I don't keep being in step with the spirit, or no, if I mess up. But that's not what he's saying fruit is the evidence of a connection between the branch and the vine and in this but he's not talking about how much fruit or how little the um, word that is used for um, taking away has got a more accurate translation it translates literally it's called airo it's I can't pronounce anything Greek but it's called airo and it literally translates to lifts up which was a common vineyard practice, that if a branch wasn't doing so well, the vine dresser would come and help it, he would take it and lift it up so it would get more sunlight. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. I don't know if we've got any people here who are very good with plants. I don't really know how the pruning works. But what I know is that if you prune something, it grows back with more. It's like a more productive way of growing something, which is such a beautiful imagery. And the word that is translated to prunes literally means cleanse, which is what Jesus talks about in the next verse. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. And he's just said that in John 13. He talks about the disciples already being clean when he washes their feet. You're already clean by my word, by my teachings. You're already clean. I'm just washing your feet. I'm serving you. So the word is the thing that cleanses us. (laughs) It's such a beautiful invitation, I think, for us to be as Christians to be really grounded in the word of God, to really invest in our time in reading the word, to fall in love with what his teachings are, what he talks about, to get to know his voice. Because it's the thing that inspires us to holiness. It's the thing that inspires us to be more like him. And I don't know how good we are at actually reading those bits in the Bible that might uh, be a bit comfortable for us or a bit challenging how good are we at actually digging into these things like, what is it about that makes me feel uncomfortable or, and why is this and do some I don't know work googling it reading some commentaries finding a good book digging into the theology and just really falling in love with the word and not just with the things that comfort us but with the things that shape us because this is supposed to be a double-edged sword you know cutting off the things that are not right this is also your first defense against the devil This is your thing. That's the actual weapon and the armor of God. That's the attack thing. That's the actual thing that you swing. It's the word of God. So as Christians, it's a beautiful invitation for us to really be grounded in his word because the things that cleanses us, makes us more like him, inspires us to holiness. Verse uh, four. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. There are some bits in scripture that just feel a bit too good to be true, right? That the king of all creation, the king of the universe is saying, abide in me. I think that makes sense. God, you know, we can abide in him. That's the story of Christianity. That's what we believe in his grace and kindness. God moves towards us in Jesus Christ, right? But now he's saying, and I in you. I think sometimes when we hear the gospel, we might have, you might be like me and you've been a Christian maybe since you've been a teenager or since you've been a child. We grow a little bit used to the goodness of the gospel, I think. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you have a moment when you read something again and it hits you, just the goodness of what Jesus did at the cross, just how amazing that is. And I think, and for me, And probably for you too, the most natural and logical response is worship, right? It's putting your hands on saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord. But this talks about even more. This is not just us saying thank you. This is him moving in. This is him being at work in us constantly living with us. It's like a mutual relationship. It's both sides. So, so far, Jesus established his relationship with the Father, right? He's in the Father. The Father is the vine dresser, tending to the vine, which is Jesus, and we are the branches and we're abiding in him. And he abides in us through the Holy Spirit. So, within this illustration already, every person of the Trinity, this beautiful, like divine dance, this beautiful, perfect relationship is already, he's already spoken about it, and we are invited into that. It's too good to be true it's it's so beautiful it's like almost as beautiful as song of songs you know i am my beloved and my beloved is mine like that type of intimacy that type of beautiful relationship and it's so wonderful i think that jesus used this picture to assure his disciples of a continued connection and relationship even though he was about to depart from them and i'm now going to read verse five I am the vine and you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. I'm so grateful, he says, that from apart from him we can't do anything, we really can't. I'm so grateful that I don't have to rely on my own strength. I'm so grateful that I don't have to rely on my character or any gifts or anything I've learned, or any great habits I established, or anything else in my life, any relationship, any affirmation, anything. I don't have to rely on any of that. I just need to abide in Jesus. That's where I get my life from. That's where I get my identity from. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and with us. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. It's very interesting that Jesus doesn't say if you don't bear enough fruit you know you'll be taken away it is if you're not connected with me if you're not abiding with me the reason you would be taken away is if you're literally not at all connected not even the littlest bit to the vine it's about connection and relationship with him you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you just going to keep reading because it's so beautiful by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so to prove to be my disciples as the father has loved me so I have loved you abide in my love a different translation um, says that the abide in my love or I'll abide in you and you abide in me could also be translated as making your home and someone, so make your home in my love. Make your home in me, Jesus says, as I make my home in you. So practically then, how do we do that? How do we, in our day-to-day lives, make a home in Jesus how do we abide just that bit more? And I'm sure that many of us already got very good established things like or maybe like a devotional morning time. That's amazing. But it is always just that bit more because I don't think we'll ever stop discovering amazing things about Jesus. And we really can't outgrow or outmature the beauty of him. We can't, I don't think that we'll get to heaven and in 10,000 years we'll be a bit bored because there's just nothing new. I think there'll always be new songs to sing because there's always something beautiful new to discover. There's always going to be something more to say thank you for. Well in the first practical way is I think a very obvious one is just making time. If you want to have relationship with someone, you make time for them. If I would keep talking about how great my relationship with Zara is, but we'd never meet, we never talk, I have no clue what's going on in our life, we wouldn't really have that much of a relationship. But if we make time, then we can have relationship. Um and there are so many ways to incorporate that into your day, that might be the first thing in the morning and the last thing at night. That might be um, when you're just on your commute somewhere, you're walking somewhere, um, but just that extra bit of time. And then the second is, so make time for him. The second is be aware of his presence. The Psalms say that the Lord delights in every detail of our lives. How beautiful is that? We can have awareness constantly. The Lord delights in when you meet up with a friend And you have some food, the Lord delights. And when you sit down with a cup of tea and you read something, the Lord delights in the details of your life. The Lord delights in it, you know. He is with us when we clean the house. So make time for him. Be aware of him. And then what I said earlier, read his word. If you want to know what God is speaking to you personally, you need to get used to his voice. And this is the best way. He's got a book. And the more you read it, I think the more the Holy Spirit can draw out verses for you day by day and inspire you and shape you by it. So make time for him. Be aware of him. Read his word. Get to know his voice. And then fourth is spend time with his people community is such a gift hey and how much have we missed it during covid it's so nice to hang out face to face with people but a wonderful thing is that we were made for community we're made to be the church the church is a people gathering together jesus says where two or three are gathered i'll be there too it's a wonderful thing that we've got access to hanging out with people um just as i finish i just wanted to um just make the invitation, I, I loved the worship earlier, thanks guys, um, I, just, I just really felt like um, maybe there's someone here and you've never actually made that um, step where you said, oh okay, I want to abide in Jesus and you can make your home in me and I just wanted to make um, space for that if that's something you've never done but also I thought there might be somebody here and just the last few days just something in your heart was stirring up just like this burning sense of wanting to go deeper just going deeper with the Lord just that just that bit more there's just something in you we'd love to pray for you um I'll be over there if you'd like some prayer and I'm sure we've got some more people that love to uh, pray for you but yes right I'm just going to pray okay Lord I thank you so much for your word thank you so much that we can spend time with you thank you that you in your grace chose to move towards us and say that we can abide in you but that you also by your holy spirit abide in us and i pray that um when we go from this place into our weeks um, into our jobs into our schools into our colleges that we would be so aware of your presence with us and how you delight in everything in our lives in jesus name amen